welcome to another episode of the So Video Games Podcast. This is episode 41, to be specific. And on the show, we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we will be talking about it. Tonight, we're recording on July 23rd, 2017. My name is Corey Motley. I am a staff writer at GameCritics.com. And with me, as always, is Brad Galloway, who is the editor of Game Critics. How are things, Brad? I am, I am, well, except for the part where I'm just about to choke, I'm really, really good. <laughs> <clears throat> People may not know this, but like, I can be fine the entire week, and then two minutes before we record, I get like this massive, like, stress induced allergy attack where like my nose starts running and I get a frog in my throat and I got a cough. And every friggin' week, it's so weird. It's like totally <laughs> psychosomatic. But other than that, Doing really, really good. I'm very excited about the show tonight because I've been playing nothing but awesome games this week, and I'm really excited to share that with our listeners tonight, and with you, of course. Oh, sure. Sure, the listeners come first. I see how it goes. Oh, I then fucked I it up. Second. I'm sorry. I should have put you first. Oh, my, my bad. God. My bad. Let's read <laughs> Edit that out. We're going to do it over. <laughs> no, I don't want to... I'm not going to waste my time editing your shit because you <laughs> fucked up what you were trying to say. <laughs> Oh, I got to live with my error. Oh, it's going to haunt me the rest of my days. Okay. All right. I'll try to be on point the rest of the show, but uh, no promises, I guess. Okay. Okay. Well, tonight, uh, we have no real housekeeping notes tonight, uh, but I do want to warn everyone, just real quick, that we will not be talking about gun dicks tonight, much to my chagrin. Our last episode, honestly, was probably one of my favorite shows we've ever done. Maybe my favorite show we've ever done. And uh, I can thank uh, a little video game called The Tea Room for that, um, because that game is all about gun dicks. And if you listened to our show last week, then you will know what I'm talking about. Um, what did you think about that, Brad? Uh, I thought it was a real good show. Uh, before we recorded, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. But I think it was a great discussion. <laughs> Um, I think the the listeners had like really super positive response. Um, I don't know whether they just are like really big Gundick fans or <laughs> I mean, I, I would like to think that like our discussion was interesting and that maybe we touched on some interesting issues. Um, you know, I don't want to toot our horn too much, but I mean, I thought it was a good discussion. And, um, you know, that kind of game is something that is not usually found on um, my radar. So I was glad to play something that I wouldn't normally have been exposed to. So I have you to thank for that. Um, and I mean that very sincerely, not ironically. Um, <laughs> it was good. It was really good. And I was really pleased to see so many people really get into that discussion. So I don't know that we are going to have like something so, um, I mean, not really controversial, but not something so far out of left field every single show. But I think that was really encouraging. And I think it kind of tells us that we should um, look for other things like that uh, every so often. I agree, because we can't be caught dead just talking about the newest Uncharted and the newest Tomb Raider and the newest whatever AAA game is every week. Although, to our credit, we do play a lot of indies because they're so abundant, but uh, it is nice to hit those like PC games that like don't come to consoles that nobody really knows about. So, uh, yeah, I really uh, I enjoyed the last show and our discussion quite oh, a bit. Oh, God. I'm trying so hard not to make a don't come on consoles joke, and oh, I really God. I can't resist. I'm sorry. Gun dicks! <laughs> ah, gun dicks! <laughs> oh, my God. The gun dicks are not going to be coming on consoles ever, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably never. <laughs> well, may, well yeah, no, no. I got more jokes, but we're going to save those for later. we got to space them out throughout the show. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so, all right, before we dive into too much video game talk, um, listeners know we usually start with a little bit of banter. Sometimes it's, most of the time, it's not game-related. However, I'm probably going to break that rule later. Um, but Brad, what what new things have been happening in your life for the past week? Uh, not a lot, not a lot. It's been uh, mostly family weekend this week. Worked really uh, a lot of hours last week, and so I was, I'm not usually like a, like, worshipping Friday kind of guy, but I really was this week. I could not wait for Friday to come, and, uh, we just hung out at home. We just didn't do anything. Um, no plans. We didn't hang out with any friends. Didn't do anything. I basically didn't leave the house all weekend long except to go get an ice cream cone. And then it came directly back, which was fine. Um, but we did, <clears throat> excuse me, did a couple things. The first thing was we, my wife and I are getting in the habit of watching a movie every weekend. I think I mentioned this last show. And this weekend, we watched a bunch of iZombie episodes. I mentioned it last episode. I love that show. iZombie is so fucking good. If you're not watching it, watch iZombie. But the other thing that we saw was called Push. It was a movie called Push starring Chris Evans, who plays Captain America. And um, this girl, young girl, she's really famous, a good actress. And oh, man, I totally have... I blanked on her name. I'm so sorry. Have you heard of this movie, uh, Corey Push? I have, because I remember the movie Jumper came first, and these movies always seemed really interchangeable to me, but I've seen Jumper, but I have not seen Push. Okay, yeah. it's a, You know, you actually bring up a good point, because it's like, no matter what happens in Hollywood, and people always say that nobody steals anybody else's idea, it always seems like these movies do come in clusters, like... Uh, you know, there was like those um, asteroid hitting the Earth movies. There was like three or four of those like in a row. And then there was like a couple of uh, blowing up the White House movies. I could stand to see some of those again this year. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was this was one of those kind of like B-level, like quasi sci-fi superhero. Well, not really superhero, but weird kind of movies. Basically, uh, it stars uh, this guy who is like a telekinetic. And I guess in this version of Earth it's pretty common for people to have been born with powers. So they have like all these weird cutesy little names, like telekinetics are called pushers and uh, psych, like uh, people who can foretell the future are called like watchers. It's kind of cheesy. I actually didn't like the nicknames very much. And a lot of the nicknames didn't feel very organic to me, but anyway, um, point being there's a girl who escapes from a government facility and uh, Captain America has to help her, and along with him... <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> Captain America, without his suit and without his shield, has to help her. And he is with um, this little girl who is a, f- a future teller, and they kind of like have this crazy, bizarre adventure in Hong Kong. Like The whole thing takes place in Hong Kong. Um, it was okay. I thought there was a lot of really good ideas in the film. Um, but it was a little bit too long and it was like, it felt very forced that there was a romantic subplot. It really did not feel like it needed a romantic subplot. I felt like the relationship between Captain America and the future telling girl was totally enough all on its own. They made kind of a really perfect, like odd couple. He's really big and bulky and he's got telekinesis and she's this teeny tiny little girl. And she's kind of like a smart ass, but like in a good way, not, not in an obnoxious way. So I thought that mechanic was really good. But then it also fell prey to one of the real problems that movies like this have. Like when you have a fantasy movie or something like this, and this really holds true in fantasy books, especially in books. Once you establish like the rules of your world, you have to really stick to them. Otherwise, the reader feels cheated because you can always like bend the rules the last minute to like get to your plot point or to make something happen. Uh, This movie wasn't like super guilty of it but there was a few points where i felt like there was no way the 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 viewer 
could really keep up with what was going on or could not really predict what was going on because of like, they just kept whipping out people with new powers whenever it was convenient. And then at the end, it was just like, um, you know, oh, but what about this? Oh, but what about this? Oh, but what about this? Like layer upon layer of like little secret um, double crosses with the powers and stuff that like, you know, no normal person would know because powers are not real and you wouldn't really think to have those things happen. So it got a little bit unsatisfying at the end and it was really too long. Um, I don't need every single movie to be over two hours, but I mean, it wasn't bad. It was okay. I don't regret watching it. I don't think I would ever watch it again. And to be honest, I don't think I would recommend it, but I don't <laughs> feel like it was terrible. Uh, but the entire time I was watching it, I'm like, you're Captain America. I can only see you as Captain America now. <laughs> so that's a problem. I mean, maybe that's my problem. But overall, it wasn't bad. Um, I do want to ask you about Jumper, though, because that was another one that we were considering. We went with Push, but how is Jumper? Um, gosh, I haven't seen Jumper in a long time because it came out whenever I was in like high school or college. But Jumper is basically like... I think it stars Hayden Christensen. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Who was in the Star Wars prequels, right? Um, that was exactly why we didn't choose it, because I couldn't stand to look at his fucking face again. I was like, oh my God, you ruined Star Wars <laughs> for me. I cannot watch well, this. <laughs> well, he's the main character, and also, um, like, he's in it, and I can't, I'm doing the same thing you are. I can't remember the, the like, the girlfriend's um, real name in the movie, um, but, like, he's in it, and, um, the guy, oh, Jesus Christ, the, there's like a sidekick kind of guy that's in it, and I can't remember his name either. It's like something Bell, like uh, like Jake Bell or something, um, but he's like, he, he's one of those guys who you know and when you see him, but you can never remember his name, or at least that's how he is with me. But um, they're in, uh, like the guy, Hayden Christensen gets like trapped under this like icy lake whenever he's young for a second and like in the midst of being trapped under it and like freezing he magically develops this like teleportation power and i don't know if it like unlocks in his genome or something i can't really remember but basically he discovers the ability to teleport anywhere in the world as long as he can like visualize the place he can teleport there and it turns out that like i think it's samuel l jackson has like um, he runs this like, you know, government task force or something where they like try to find the jumpers and like uh, they they like try to like round them up and I don't know, like experiment on them or kill them or something. I can't remember what the point is, but basically he's like jumping around the world. It's Jamie Bell. That's the sidekick guy's name. It's like Hayden Christensen and Jamie Bell, who are both jumpers. And then uh, Hayden Christensen's girlfriend uh, she's not a jumper, but he can, I think he can like teleport her with him if they're like in the same vicinity. And it's basically just like them jumping around the world and like teleporting and trying to get away from Samuel L. Jackson and like his task force. And I mean, it's like, all right, like it's a nice little, from what I remember, it's like a nice little popcorn movie. And I actually felt like the, it kind of does the same thing where it has like the love story thrown in between Hayden Christensen and, uh, and like the woman that's with him. And I, I remember their, love story actually being like pretty believable in the film but i was probably also like 18 or 19 when i saw it so it's been a little while um but i mean it kind of sounds the same as uh as push like just kind of like a little fantasy movie where somebody gets magical powers and then you know they face off with like bad guys and then it's over kind of yeah that's totally it's funny that you mentioned that their romance was believable though because when they got to the forced romance in push um, the first thing that, that popped in my mind was like, it totally felt like a David Cage romance scene. 
Or like it was totally inappropriate and not believable and like shouldn't have been in, in there. And I just, I, you know, it's like they're running away. She's really sick. They're in danger. Um, the other people in the room leave for like two seconds. And then like the next thing you know, they're like making out in the shower. And I'm like, oh, God, like what? <laughs> this is totally like not not. This is not the moment for this. Um, even at my horniest, I don't think this would be a good time for me to get it on with somebody. Um <laughs> Especially who was just like like wiping blood out of her nose two seconds Ew. ago. I would be like, no, no, no. Anyway, that was it for movies um, this week. But one more thing I want to mention real quick. Um, I, I must have mentioned this at some point, but my family is really into um, like cosplay. Like not for us, but mostly for my son because he loves costumes. He loves dressing up and we buy him all sorts of costumes. And I have gotten pretty good at making stuff, uh, usually out of cardboard and duct tape. But, you know, it, it ends up being pretty not bad. Like, I've, I've gotten pretty good at it. So my son this year uh, said that he wanted to do something really cool. We're planning to go to, like, a lot of conventions, a lot of comic cons and stuff in the area. So he wanted a brand new costume for this year. And we're like, okay, cool. What do you want? And he's like, I want to be Diva from Overwatch. Oh, good and choice. I'm, and I'm like, okay. And he's like, no, but with the mech suit and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're going to do it. So <laughs> uh, I spent last weekend doing some drawings um, for ideas. And today we actually like sat down and started making some stuff. So, Oh, wow. Yeah, we're going to have like a whole mech suit. And then he's going to, so like, this is going to be goofy, right? But you know how Diva is like kind of laying forward in her mech suit, right? When she's yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah. So like, he's going to be inside the mech suit and then his head will be like, will be like Diva's head. But then we're going to have like these little fakey arms and legs sticking out the front and back because his actual body is going to be like inside the mech suit, right? Because he's going to be walking around and stuff. Right, so right. he's going to have like this big, this, this big noggin with his teeny little shrunken body inside. But I think it's going to come together pretty well. It's a huge project, a huge project. I'm a little bit nervous, but um, the wife is on board. She's got some great skills and great ideas. I'm pretty good with an exacto knife and cardboard. We're going to get some of the fancy um, heat treated plastic stuff. And we're going to do some of the shell and... It's going to keep me busy for the next couple months, man, but I'm pretty psyched about it. So I will be posting some pictures once it's further along. There's nothing really to look at right now, but once we get a few pieces together, I'll post some pictures and maybe it'll be like a little work in progress. So that's that's the only other thing of significance I did this weekend besides the games, which we are just about to talk about. But you must have some... You must have some banter, sir. What do you What do you want to bant about this week? Um, I do. I I secretly want to just fly back out to Seattle just so I can take pictures of your son's cosplay whenever you guys are done with it because that sounds like it would be amazing. Uh, I hope it's going to be amazing, and you are certainly welcome to come back out if you'd like to, uh, or if we ever go visit you in. Uh... New Orleans, uh, we'll just bring the costume with us. We'll pack it up and he'll just like walk around the French Quarter, uh, you know, pretending to uh, shoot that suit off and blow it up in different places. Oh my gosh. There is, speaking of cosplay, there is a, I discovered like a few days ago that there is an, uh, like an, I don't know if it's an anime convention or just like some kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Comic-Con-esque thing that's actually in New Orleans next weekend. It's called uh, MechaCon, and I've never heard of it before. But um, I discovered that this thing was happening next weekend, so I'm, like, really, really pumped because last year I went to, whenever I lived in Omaha, they have a, 
uh, an anime con there that I went to for the first time in like November. And basically all I did was go and I knew like most of the parkour guys that I was friends with in Omaha were like really into anime. They were all like super big anime nerds. So they go to it every year and, you know, like buy stuff and go to the, you know, Q and A's and the, the conference talks and everything. And, um, and basically all I did was go and take pictures of people because, you know, everybody's in cosplay. So I'm like really pumped because like Patrick's out of town and I don't have like shit to do while he's out of town. And now I have like, like next weekend I can go to this convention all weekend and just like take pictures of awesome cosplayers. And I'm really, really excited about it. Oh, that sounds awesome. I love seeing like the creativity and um, the craftsmanship of some of these costumes. Like some of them are just like so fucking amazing. When I see some of these, I'm like, dude, that must have taken you like your whole life to do. And it looks so good. <laughs> I think it's great. I mean, that's like half the joy of going to any of these conventions for me. Like whenever we go to PAX or, you know, the Emerald City Comic Con or anything, it's like, I mean, the highlight is always looking at the costumes. I'm really, really excited for when my son gets a little bit older so that he's able to like sit through the cosplay contest because I really want to do that. But he's just not going to be able to get through it. Right now. <laughs> it's a lot to ask of a little kid. So once he's got the patience, we're definitely going to do that. So that sounds like an awesome time. I'm looking forward to seeing some shots from those. dude. You got to share those. I will definitely. I'm really excited. But unfortunately, that was not my banter, but it just made me you made me think about it. So next weekend, I'm sure I will have plenty of updates about about the MechaCon. But I did want to talk about a couple things. Um, nothing super big. But um, one thing that I've been experimenting with lately, I mean, I know I'm pretty sure on every single show I talk about how I, you know, like take pictures of uh, like extreme sports and stuff like that. And it came to uh I don't really know how I decided to do this, but the other day I was just thinking like, uh, you know, maybe cause I watch YouTube videos every once in a while of people who use Adobe Lightroom, which is the editing software I use for pictures and just, you know, get like quick tips from them or get like, you know, learn the ins and outs because there's like so much stuff you can do with Lightroom and with Photoshop. And I'm not like classically trained quote unquote in any, um, photography editing software. And I thought, you know, well, maybe I should just like, stream do like a live stream of me editing pictures like maybe that would be interesting for like one person out there and so I downloaded some uh because I had never I've never live streamed like anything on the computer before like I've streamed f to Twitch and YouTube on like the PS4 like playing video games and stuff but um so I didn't really know how to do it so you have to download like a streaming software and then you have to get the software set up on the computer and then you actually start the stream on the software itself. You like link it with your YouTube account or your Twitch account or whatever. And then you start the stream on the software and then it starts the live stream on your YouTube channel. And so I decided to stream a couple of what people just call workflows, which is basically like you sitting down and like going through some pictures and editing them and kind of explaining what you're doing. And I mean, I had like so many viewers, I had like four viewers. So I was like trending on YouTube the other night whenever <laughs> I was doing it, it was like a huge deal. And I have like one subscriber to my channel. So like I'm basically blowing up on YouTube right now. Um, but it was kind of neat. I mean, I've got a friend who lives in Seattle named Justin, who I know from college and from, we used to work together a long time ago. And he's like bugging me all the time to like stream video games and stream, but basically just do like, cause he, he's one of those guys who watches Twitch like all the time. And he just kind of like leaves it on in the background if he's like studying or if he's like doing stuff around the house or whatnot. And so I thought, well, maybe this would be a good medium. Like maybe some people would be interested in watching me do like some editing and maybe, you know, he would be interested. So of course he tuned in and watched me for a little while. Um, 
And one of my friends from Salt Lake City, uh, Parker, uh, tuned in for a little while and was watching. And uh, and it was just kind of neat. But um, on the same token, I'm going to segue this beautifully into streaming, into video games. I'm going to break the banter rule and talk about video games a little bit during banter. Um, I streamed the very last elusive target for Hitman today, which uh, Hitman season one, uh, the last episode for season one came out on Halloween last year. And then I'm sure anybody who's listening to the show will probably know what it is, but Hitman has these things called elusive targets. We probably talked about them on the show before where um, it's like a limited time. Sometimes you have like one or two days to do them. Sometimes you have like a whole week to do them. It just depends on what IO Interactive sets the time frame for where they put a target in one of the maps in Hitman, but you don't, you only have one try at the mission. You don't, um, the target does not light up red and whenever you use like your instinct view or anything. Um, so basically you just have to go into the mission with like your naked eyes, like trying to find this target. And if you, uh, once you complete any of the objectives in the level uh, or kill the person, you can no longer restart the level. And once you, if you die, then you get no second chances. So basically you can restart the mission up until you kill the target or you die. And then after that, you you have to finish it all in one go. But um, I streamed the, the last elusive target. I think it was their 26th one today. And I've only done like 11 of them because I really like the idea of elusive targets. But um, I I just don't, sometimes I miss the time frame on them. And sometimes they just kind of stress me out because they're, you know, it's like one shot and you're done kind of thing. Um, but I streamed the me spending an hour and a half doing the elusive target today, the last one. And unfortunately, by the time the show airs, the elusive target's going to be over. Um, it'll be expired. Um, but I did that today, which is kind of cool. And of course, Justin, who uh, I was talking about with the photo stream, he was watching me and Parker was also watching me. I had like nine people. So again, like you two better watch out because I had like nine viewers today on my stream. Um uh, but it was really cool. I had a good time. The mission was not set up very well because you had to pick up like a data pad from somebody. And I think I missed like the conversation in the level that said like who had the data pad. And so I literally had to like look up a YouTube video while I was playing the mission to figure out where it was because I had no clue how to get it. And then I got it and I beat the mission. So I was successful in my last, uh, my last uh, Hitman Elusive Target. And I think it's worth mentioning because we talked about on the show a while ago how Square Enix dropped um, IO Interactive and dropped Hitman from their uh, from their uh, publishing. They don't do anything with IO Interactive anymore. But um, And the most official update is that IO Interactive is now uh, an independent game studio. So they were able to retain the rights of Hitman. Square Enix was nice enough to give them Hitman. So... Um, IO is totally independent now. They're not owned by anybody and they are just making, they're now an indie studio for the first time in like ever. So I think that's pretty neat. And I hope that they announce Hitman season two soon. And I hope that they remain successful in the future and that they don't go under without a publisher funding them. Well, that is really cool. I'm happy for IO because even though I feel like they've had a few missteps, they've also had a number of really awesome games. Um, I also think, I mean, the one that leaps to mind apart from Hitman, which I am generally a very large fan of, is also uh, Freedom Fighters. Did you ever play Freedom Fighters? I did. Um, I did not love that game as much as everybody else, but I liked it. But that game was very, very popular. It was like a critical darling whenever it came out. So, uh, yeah, oh. I'm kind of surprised they haven't done anything else with it. I loved Freedom Fighters so much. And, I mean, I don't mean to, like, like you know, 
toot my own horn or anything, but like one of the favorite, one of my own favorite reviews that I've ever written, like in the history of me writing <laughs> was for freedom fighters. I thought that was like, I felt so proud of that review after I had written it. And I was really sad that like, I got like no comments and nobody, I, mean, I guess nobody read it or whatever, but I was like, dude, I was so happy. Like it, it just was like exactly what I wanted to say. And it really, it, I managed to like bring up some real world issues that tied into the game. And like for, you know, as a review writer, you get tired of just being like, oh, yeah, well, this is the genre and this is this is what it does right and this is what it does wrong and this is what I thought overall. I mean, it's really easy to crank those out after you've been doing them for a number of years. But, like, you know, I personally have tried to change it up over over my stint at Game Critics. I mean, I've done um, different structures of writing. I've tried to incorporate real-life stuff. I've tried to incorporate, you know, current events. I've tried to incorporate, like, art and poetry. Like, I've gone through these different phases, but... That was one of the ones that I felt like was most successful. But anyway, getting back to um, Hitman, uh, happy that they're independent. That's great. I'm glad they're not going to disappear. That's awesome. Um, but I'm number one, I'm a little bit surprised that there actually was a YouTube tutorial for the mission because those just run for like, <laughs> what, like 24 or 48 hours or something like that? Isn't that correct? Uh, well, it depends on the time frame. Sometimes they're short, but this one was actually up for an entire week. So it, I think they launched it last Sunday and it ran until tonight. Like, I think it actually, at the time of recording, it probably expires in like an hour or something. But uh, luckily, I'm sure somebody, you know, jumped on it and finished it as quick as they could as soon as they launched it and published it to YouTube. So thanks to, I don't remember whose video I watched, but thanks to them because I would have had no clue how to find that data pad if I wouldn't have watched their video. Yeah, I'm always impressed whenever people like get stuff like that out so quick. You know, I'm, I'm definitely focused on text and writing and I'm pretty speedy when I have the time to sit down and focus on it. But man, I, I feel like I need to get into video, but I just kind of don't want to. But I feel like I should. <laughs> I got a lot of respect for people that do video, do good videos, not those shitty like Randy videos. But anyway, um, the other thing was I going to say, you know, I as much as I love Hitman and I do love Hitman, I am I am a serious defender. I've played, I think, almost all of the games except for the most recent one. I just, I couldn't work it into my schedule when it came out and I kept meaning to get to it. I meant to get to it before the end of the year last year and I didn't get to it. And then like game of the year season was over and then I got swamped and I still haven't gotten to it. I'm going to play it, um, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later. But I was really bummed because those um, missions that you're describing sound really cool, but like, I just don't live a life where I can like, oh, today is the mission. I got to play today. I have to like, that is not a guaranteed thing for me. Sometimes I can play. Sometimes I can't play. Like, I just literally don't have the time. And then, you know, like, you know, like we just said, these things are only active for a certain amount of time and you just miss them. Uh, so for someone like me or for other people who maybe will come to this most recent Hitman later or just late in general, I mean, we're just going to like totally miss out on those, right? Like those are not archived. I mean, the, you can't do them later or they're not accessible in any way, are they? Uh, not that IO has said. I keep like holding out hope that, and I mentioned this while I was streaming today, that that now that they have officially like sealed the season one um, elusive targets, I think it would be really cool if they like gave the whole line of elusive targets like a one time refresh and just let everybody try them one time. I mean, they could they could keep the same rules. You know, you get one shot and that's it. But just like leave them open. I think that would be really neat because they have some. Like, I mean, they're really dumb rewards, but they have, like, suits that you can unlock if you get, like, if you beat, like, 5 and then 10 and then 15 or something. And they have, like, suits to unlock if you get a Silent Assassin ratings on all of them. Um, I'm not, like, they haven't made any statements about if they're going to do that or not. I think it would be really neat, but I, uh, I mean, as far as right now, I mean, if you haven't played any of them, there's not a chance that you'll be able to because they're they're totally sealed and over with. 
Oh, that bums me out, dude, because I know they probably do it to keep people active and interested in the game. And that's cool. Like, I get I get the appeal of having, um, you know, events come out. I mean, it's the same reason why people put out, like, sporadic DLC or, you know, Overwatch will have new events or something. They want to keep you coming back, which is great, and I support that. But, like, man, it just sucks to think that, like, just because I didn't get in on the ground floor that I missed out on all those missions that I probably would really dig... Um, it kind of makes me want to just not play the game in a way because I'm like, <laughs> I've already missed all these missions and I, you know, as far as I know, there's no way to access them. So it just kind of makes me feel like, well, fuck it. I missed like the first 27 missions. Why should I start now? And if I even start now, am I going to be good enough to even do the mission? Probably not. So, okay, I'll just, I'll play I just won't care and I'll play it later, which is kind of like the opposite effect, right? Like I wish, I wish there was some way to catch up or something it just it really bums me out to think that there's no way to ever play those so anyway sorry i didn't mean to hijack your band <laughs> well i mean alternatively you could just like you know play the story missions because they're like way better than the elusive targets but i get what you're saying yeah yeah and i plan to i mean i love hitman i will get to it but man just finding that window is tough but uh yeah well well eventually eventually i'll get there <laughs> Okay, I don't think I had anything else important to say about Hitman, except for I really, really hope that they um, like launch season two or or debut season two or talk about it because I follow. I mean, obviously, I follow the Hitman like Twitter account, and I follow the guy, the social media guy who runs uh, the social media for Hitman. His name's like Travis. I can't remember his last name. Um, but you can always, like, tell when he, he's, like, really funny and he's pretty sharp. And you can always tell when they're, like, he'll, like, tweet stuff about, like, ooh, like, this is a really exciting work week or, like, oh, we're working on stuff. And I know that a lot of people do that. But, like, I, I, like, love Hitman so much. So I really hope that they, like, he made a mention last week on his Twitter account how, like, most of the office is, like, out on vacation this week or something. So hopefully they just, like, finished a big thing. They all went on vacation and they're all going to come back and be like, all right, let's talk about season two because I, because season one launched, like, a year and a half ago or something and I am ready for season two, like, stat. Well, let's hope. Let's hope that something happens. I mean, I don't know what their financial situation is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they must have already been thinking about it. I'm sure they already have plans and stuff. I hope that they have enough uh, you know, mojo to get it rolling because it seemed to me like this was a really well-received hitman. It was much better than absolution from what I could tell. And it seemed like it had a lot of fans. Uh, I, I heard a lot of people constantly talking about it well past release day. So it seemed to me like it did really well. It would be a shame if something happened. I, I, I'm hoping for the best thinking positive. I'm sure we'll hear something before too long. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, considering the last mission launched in, uh, like at the end of October, it's been like, a long time especially i mean if they're going to keep doing the you know one mission a month or so thing it's not like they even have to have like 100 percent of season two finished right now but surely they have something ready to go soon i hope oh i'm sure i'm sure well let's uh let's jump from video game banter into real video game talk because the video game talk we were doing up until now was just fake video game talk um, <laughs> <laughs> you and i have both been playing a lot of stuff this week i have um some updates and you have been playing mostly new stuff it looks like uh let's talk what do you want to talk about first Oh, man, I am so excited to talk about this stuff. I've been burning up all week to talk about these games because, <laughs> you know, last week we had a question from Superfan uh, Jeroen. And speaking of which, he actually sent in a question, which I forgot to add to the script. I will, ah, you jerk. I'll, I'll stick it at the very end. It's actually for you specifically. So we'll, oh, we'll no, get to that. Okay. I'll read it. I'll read it at the end. Okay. Um, but last week, Jeroen uh, was asking about, you know, uh, 
do you ever do you think you're going to get tired of games or we grow out of games or we just be too old for this shit? And we both were like, oh, hell no, dude. And in fact, the more <laughs> the more I thought about it and we, we discussed about taste changing and things like that, the more I thought about it. I mean, it's kind of the same thing as like nobody ever says like, oh, I, I grew too old for books or oh I don't listen to music anymore. Music's for kids. Like it's kind of the same thing. Like I see games as like just another type of medium like that. So I don't think once you become a fan, you ever really grow out of it. But but along those lines, you know, he kind of seemed to be maybe in a little bit of a slump. And, you know, he was saying that we had been covering a number of games negatively on the show that we just didn't like, which is true. But, I mean, you know, you can't love everything. I mean, being a critic is, like, is not lavishing love on everything. You have to really examine something for its merits and, you know, give your honest opinion. And the longer you've been a critic, the more stuff you're not going to like because you end up seeing a lot of stuff over and over. But this is a perfect week. In fact, I'm going to dedicate this entire show... Uh, my portion, anyway, to Jeroen, because I've been playing nothing but awesome games this week. I am so <laughs> excited. This is exactly the kind of stuff, like, when I hit a week like this, I just, I love games so much because it's fun, it's fresh, it just reminds me of, like, everything that's good about video games. Like, I love, I love finding cool stuff. Um, so, I will jump right into it. The first thing that I will talk about tonight is called Fortnite, F-O-R-T-N-I-T-E. It just launched, I want to say, two days ago. Uh, on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and thank you very much for the notes. As usual, Corey's done a great job of doing notes for the show. Um, it is a free-to-play game, but at the moment, you can only play it by buying one of the Founders Packs. And full disclosure, uh, the publisher sent me a code uh, for review purposes, or, or preview purposes, free of charge. So I did not spend any money on this, and I got a free code. So just putting that out there for everybody who's listening. Um, developed by Epic Games and co-developed by People Can Fly published by Epic. Uh, this game has a really weird history behind it. It was actually announced in, I think, 2011, like a long time ago. Um, I don't exactly remember the circumstances, but I remember them talking about it. And then all of a sudden, they changed the concept. Like, it went through a couple pretty pretty notable mm. changes. And then it just disappeared. And everybody was like, what the hell happened to Fortnite? You guys talked about it for so long. It was so hyped. And then it kind of just like vanished, not on the radar, just gone for a long time. And then like a couple months ago, they're like, oh, yeah, BT dubs. Um, it's actually still happening. It's real. It's coming soon. And I'm like, whoa, blast from the fucking past. I mean, it is 2000. <laughs> that's like six years ago. That's like crazy. Um, so anyway, what the deal is with this game is uh, it's a f third person, I guess, base defense game, I suppose, is probably the best way to put it. What you do is there's a whole bunch of different characters. You have like a slew of different characters. There's like a ninja. There's like a builder. There's like a rifle user. Everybody's got different, you know, abilities and stuff like that. Your usual different character selections. You and up to three friends can go into a level. Uh, the first part of the game is you're collecting resources. So you take a pickaxe that you have and you just... you. You just bust up fucking everything that you see. And I actually give the game props because basically every single thing that you can see is destructible except for, like, the land that you're on. Like, you can't, like, destroy, like, the earth you're standing on. But, like, like everything else, you can destroy shrubs and trees and logs and their cars and houses. Like, every part of the house is destructible. Like, every fucking thing in the, in the level except for, like, the land is destructible. And you get, like, these resources from it. So you just spend a while, like, just chopping stuff up. And then once you're done, there's, like, usually an objective. It could be, like, a piece of technology. It could be a person. It could be whatever. 
Um, you go over to this thing, and then when you're ready, you trigger it, and then hordes of zombies come flooding in. But these are not creepy, gross, bloody, nasty, rotten zombies. These are like plants versus zombie type zombies, where they're goofy, pretty cartoony. Like, they're not scary at all. They're just kind of like, you know, you kind of chuckle at how, how ridiculous they look. But they all come flooding in, and you have to defend your thing. Now, the hook, the, the big hook to this game, and why they call it Fortnite is because while you're defending something, you can actually build. You can build whatever you want. There's a very robust, um, I don't know, like a structure construction engine. Um, I never played Fallout. Well, I did play Fallout 4, but I didn't get to the part where you had to build a bunch of stuff. So it looks like that, but I, I can guarantee it's better than that because I heard people do nothing but nonstop bitching about that in Fallout 4. But <laughs> It's really well polished. Uh, it's very easy to, you can build floors and ceilings and walls and roofs, and it all just comes together really quick. As long as you have enough uh, resources, and resources are pretty plentiful for that. You just throw up a wall, throw up a door, throw up a roof, throw up a ramp, throw up a whatever. You can stick some traps on top of this stuff. So like the idea is you build like a base for yourself. Like you build a fort, uh, walls around whatever you're protecting. You put up a balcony, somebody can snipe on top. You put up like some walls that zombies can't get through you put up some spike traps or whatever so you build whatever you want to build and then you run around and defend your base and then you shoot zombies when they come in pretty straightforward but it's actually ending it ends up being a lot of fun uh, i think number one the graphics are really great it's colorful it's bright it's very friendly and warm looking it's really really appealing um otherwise i think playing games with your friends is really a lot of fun so i've been co-oping with my wife and we've been having a great time um, you know, we have each other's backs. We're both pretty good at games. And so just going through that uh, as a pair is fun. But there's also matchmaking. And uh, like I said, you can have up to four, which is which is great. Uh, you can also customize a lot of stuff. You can um, find blueprints for different guns and swords and different things like that. And it's surprisingly deep. Uh, there's lots of skills, like tons of skills to unlock. Tons of little, like, stat bonuses you can get. And, like, all sorts of little doodads to fiddle with. So... I mean, altogether, I think it came out really well. It's not, it's funny because it's, it's kind of its own thing. I was trying to think of what else I could compare it to, and it didn't really super compare straight up to anything else, except for maybe um, Orcs Must Die, which I was almost going to talk about this week, but I'm actually not going to talk about this week. But that's been around for a while. If anybody's familiar with Orcs Must Die, it's kind of a similar feeling to that. Uh, but just, you know, you collect some stuff, you build a base, you shoot some zombies, wash, rinse, repeat. But it's pretty cool. It's going to be launching free-to-play, I want to say in a couple days, but it may be further out than that. Um, but it's still in early access, a little bit buggy still, not terrible, but uh, we did encounter a few odd things here and there. But overall, um, I'm really digging it. I think it's really fun. It's the kind of thing that I would like to jump into like once a day, twice a day, do one or two missions, and then just be done and move on to something else. It's not something I don't think you're going to want to like marathon all day long but uh yeah really really into it and i think it's uh really nice to see something that's been in limbo for so long actually end up being pretty good so have you looked into this Corey? have you heard about fortnite interested at all um whenever i saw you playing it earlier i downloaded like they have like the free version that i didn't even open it so i guess maybe you can't play it yet unless you have a code but i like downloaded it on my ps4 and I will, I mean, once it launches officially, like in a couple of days, I think I read that it launches on the 25th online, which is like two days away. Um, I will maybe try it. It doesn't really seem like something that's really in, like that's something that I would be into because like, 
I don't really like online games. I don't really like zombie games. I mean, every once in a while I do, but there's just like so many of them that they're overwhelming. And I don't like the idea of like base building and base defense. Like this game is basically striking out on like a bunch of things that I uh, don't really care about in video games. But I mean, if I, if it's free, first of all, I'll give it a try. And if I can like jump in with like you and your wife, you know, here and there and see what it's like to actually play with people that you know, I know in real life, and that would probably change things a little bit. But um, it doesn't really sound like something I'd be interested in, but I will probably give it a shot because, I mean, hey, it'll be free. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were saying it was going to launch in a couple days. Um, but yeah, you can download the whole thing now. But yeah, if you try to play it, it just says enter your code or make a purchase. So you can't really actually get into it yet. But yeah, it should be soon. And if you are interested, definitely jump in with us because I will say, I didn't really say this earlier, but the learning curve is actually pretty steep just because there's like so much to the game. Um, I thought it would be a little bit more straightforward, but there's like tons of little, like, what does this thing do? And what does this mean? And what does this symbol mean? And why, why is this thing not working and what's going on? And we kind of stumbled our way through it. And I, I actually took an hour just to sit down. I really studied like each screen to figure out, okay, so what is this screen telling me? What's going on with this thing? What are these stats meaning? How does this thing work? And the tutorial is really uh, long um, but I, not in a bad way, because if they just threw you in, you'd, you'd drown so fast. There's just so much <laughs> to do. But they couch it in such a way as have to, you have to complete like a, a really long series of objectives. And along the way, you learn how to play the game. So it seems like you're like playing the game, but you're actually not playing the game. You're just still going through the tutorial. And if we could walk you through that, we would save you like so much time because we could say, oh, forget this thing. This doesn't mean anything or go do this <laughs> thing over here. Um, yeah, it, there's a lot to it. Um, but it, I will say... I've played many free-to-play games on console, and this one has got a lot of things right in terms of, I think, taking a very slow tutorial is a good idea. Also, the UI is pretty good. A lot of these games tend to just throw way too much shit on the screen, and this one is pretty busy, but at the same time, I feel like it's mapped pretty smartly to the controller, and um, the very first time I saw this game, I had no idea at all how they were ever going to get it to play on console. It looked like one of those really hardcore like PC mouse and keyboard games. And it looked fun, but I'm like, oh, that's a shame. I'm never going to play that because I'm not going to play it on mouse and keyboard. Um, but they have made some really smart choices with the controls. I, f I think it feels really good. And once you um, just get through the, the first couple steps and once you realize like, oh, this is what I do to build a wall and this is how I get back to my guns and stuff, it all kind of comes together really well. I think it actually does not feel bad at all on console. I think it's pretty good. So if you jump into it uh, on the free version, let us know. We'll all hook up and uh, we'll walk you through it and you can see what you think. I think it's, I think it's pretty fun. It's not something that, um, you know, you would want to sink like eight hours into, but I think, you know, an hour here, an hour there is a pretty good time. Is it the kind of thing where, uh, where like people are going to, like if you don't play a lot, people are going to level up and be like really strong and surpass you and you're just going to be like left in the dust like after the first week? Um, probably not because it seems like, um, whoever, so like when you group up, you can, whoever can be the leader of the group, it doesn't matter. And they can select a mission. So even if somebody is a higher level than you, they can join you in like a lower level mission. So you can still play together. I'm not sure how it scales because everybody's basically at the same level right now because like me and you know, the other reviewers who got early code or, or the people who bought the game are all basically at the same level right now. Um, I mean, if, if you don't play for a while and then your friends like move on, I mean, you wouldn't be able to play in their levels, but like they could come and play in your levels. So I'm sure that some fun would be had at some point. And 
you know, honestly, it probably wouldn't take that long to level you up. I can imagine if you went into a group of like three high level people with one low level person, just simply like being on the mission would like get you a bunch of experience. You'd probably catch right up, I would guess. Okay, that's good to know. Because I, I mean, I don't think anybody likes it whenever that situation happens, but I find it incredibly intimidating in multiplayer games where like, you know, you join the game a week after everyone starts and suddenly everybody's already like level 50 and you're like, can barely even walk around and like point a gun in a direction and then you might as well just give up at that point. Oh, for fucking sure. I mean, that was one of the big things that killed the division. Um, I mean, among other things, but like, you know, I remember taking a step away from it after we had finished our campaign and then I went back, like, I think it was some DLC or something released and I wanted to check it out real quick. And like every single dude online was like level, you know, infinity. And like, <laughs> it was, to, you know, it was to the point where I would shoot him and like, it wouldn't even register that I'd even hit them. Like, not enough damage to even move one pixel off of their life bar. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm done. I can't, it's, I can't be playing a game that's, that needs to be like a full-time job to keep up, you know? So yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Indeed. Indeed. We'll do, uh, do you have anything else exciting to say about Fortnite before we move on? Um, the only thing that I want to say is like, I was really happy to see that the characters are, are somewhat diverse. Um, there's no character uh customizer so far or maybe i haven't unlocked it yet it's possible that there is one because there's a, a number of features that are still locked for me right now um but it was good to see that the, you know there's like some you know half the cast seems to be women uh there's you know hispanic people there's white people there's black people not a lot of black people there could be there could stand to be a couple more black people and one of the women is definitely of like a plus size so that was really cool to see um a little more diversity wouldn't be bad but i it was good. I think that anybody that jumps in could probably find at least one or two people to identify with, which was, you know, it's always kind of a plus these these, uh, these days. So um, could do better, but props for what they have. And I'm looking forward to maybe unlocking some more characters or maybe maybe getting a customizer. We'll see. Cool, cool. Well, that sounds exciting. I'll definitely, um, once it unlocks, I will jump in with you guys and probably test it out and see what I think about it. And then we can revisit it on the show in the future. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about it at least once or twice more. But uh, enough about Fortnite. Corey, I believe you have an update for us, something to do with Adrift. <laughs> I do. We're going to go from zombie base building, like MOBA-ish games, to a lost and floating around space game. Um, I want to talk about Adrift. So I talked about this last last week, right? Yeah, it was last week, uh-huh. Um, I started it last week and talked about it. And basically Adrift is like, a game where it's like a first person game where you are you wake up on a space station that seems to have ruptured in some way and you're it's kind of like gravity the video game like you're just floating in space in your spacesuit you have to try to figure out how to get the space station back online figure out how to communicate with like mission control and then i guess like get i think the the objective of the game is like to launch uh like an escape pod back to earth or something um i haven't made it that far because i i was like all right with this game whenever I started playing it last week because it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's like it's, it's like a floating simulator. Like you're, you're moving through the space station. You're like, no walking it's got, in space. Huh? <laughs> it's got like good, like the controls are mapped really well. You know, like you have like it's mostly that the shoulder buttons that do everything, which leaves your thumbs free to like, you know, take full advantage of like the rotational movement because you're in like legit 3D space like out and as you're floating. Um but, uh, man, I, like, fell off this game pretty hard because I got about, I feel like I'm about maybe 60 to 70% of the way through it. And it's kind of turning into one of those games where, like, th there's, like, a central kind of hub on the space station. 
and you like have to float to it and i think you like start you like access a little computer there's like four computers in this little hub and then you have to go and like fix something in order to like reboot the thing on that computer and so basically it's just like a lot of back and forthing it's like one of those games where you basically do like the same thing four times and the game is over it's like you come back to the to the main like base area you access the computer and then you go to wherever the thing needs to be fixed you pick up this little like hexagonal disc thing um and then you like bring it back and you like put the disc thing on like back in the computer and then you go to a different computer and then you go to the other part of the space station and it's like, you know, rinse and repeat. And for a while it was really interesting and there's like a couple parts of the space station that are really beautiful. Like there's one area that's like a really long tube and it's got all this like plant life on the sides and all this like greenery that's growing and it just feels really magical to like float through that and it's just the game's really gorgeous to just float through it and see like the cool like greenery in space because it's got a very um you know futuristic feel most of the stuff on the space station is like black and white and it's very clean and uh you know kind of uh modern or contemporary looking so it's neat that they like throw that green the greenery in there but um but that's totally not the point um i uh i, I basically just keep fucking getting lost in this game like I, like, the thing that, that kills me is that every time I bring one of the little, like, discs back to, like, the mission control area or, like, the base area, the middle area, um, the game has a little radar in the bottom left of the screen, and it gives you sort of, like, an idea of where your next objective is, and there's, like, if you click the, the R3, the right thumbstick, uh, anything you're looking at, it does this, like, kind of simple, like, graphical overlay thing where it'll put a little blip if there's like oxygen tanks close by or if there's like a healing station it'll like put like a little diamond or if there's like a locked door like a little lock signal will come up so you can like keep clicking the right thumbstick and it'll kind of like show you stuff that's around that maybe you wouldn't see unless um you know you got up close to it and i i like the uh, the radar just doesn't work that well because you're floating in 3d space and it doesn't really give you an idea of like if the thing like where the objective is and so i ended up getting to this point where i would like complete one minor objective and then i would get lost and the only way i could really like figure out how to get where i was going was to kill myself so i would like purposefully run out of oxygen because if you do that then it pretty much like starts you like facing where you're supposed to be going and like kind of close to where you're supposed to be going so, like, the first time I did it, I, w I was very begrudging, and I was like, oh, God, I, I, was, I was like, okay, I'm just going to let myself die, because I was, like, way off course and couldn't figure out where to go. And so I died, and then I started, like, pretty close to the objective, like, on the path, and I was like, okay, like, this is really dumb, but this is, like, I guess, you know, maybe I'm just going to have to, like, die and run out of oxygen if I need to figure out where I want to go. But I got to a point where I'm on the main, in the main area, and I think I have, like, one more, like, uh, space station area left to go to and fix and do like the disc thing and I cannot figure out where to go like I don't know the right door there's like four doors that exit this corridor I have no idea which door to go out of I don't know if I need to be going like up or down and I, I have killed myself like three times and I keep starting in the central area and like it doesn't really tell you where you're supposed to be going so, like, I, I mean, I was, like, kind of enjoying this game. It's kind of like a therapeutic experience of, you know, floating through space and refilling your oxygen. Because at the beginning, your oxygen tank is really uh, short and you can't maintain um, 
a lot of oxygen, but as you play through the game, you slowly upgrade your suit. So the more you play it, like the bigger your oxygen tank gets, the faster your boosters get, like the more nimble you become, which is pretty neat because the upgrades are built into the main objective. So like if you put the disc thing in, it, you, it like upgrades your suit first and then it like fixes whatever part of the station. So that's pretty smart because you don't have to do like a bunch of like secondary and like tertiary exploration in order to upgrade your suit. Um, so at a certain point, it gets less demanding because you can like float around longer without like, you know, panicking about oxygen. But I just like, I, I can't, like I took like a half an hour to try to figure out where to go and I just can't figure out where to go. And it's like, if I liked the game enough, I would probably like jump on YouTube like I did with Hitman and like, you know, watch a little tutorial about where to go or like look up some guides online. But I just like, I can't be bothered to do that in a game that's just like mediocre to begin with. So like this game started out okay and it's like beautiful and it controls really well and it's like a like it's like f you know physically kind of well made well uh, looking game but I keep getting lost and I just stopped playing it because I was tired of not knowing where to go and having a map that doesn't like a radar that doesn't work very well and having the little graphical overlay that doesn't really help that much and that that's my that's my adrift story I'm done with it Yeah I can't say that it comes as a big surprise. I mean, I think I mentioned last time that we had uh, Dan Weisenberger review that for us at Game Critics, and I'm pretty sure he said the exact same thing. Like, he just got really lost a lot, and it was a, uh, a real chore, like, backtracking and finding out he had gone the wrong way and then backtracking again, and then he still went the wrong way. And, I mean, <laughs> he finished it, but, um, yeah, he didn't. He ended up a lot, uh, you know, liking it a lot less than he did at the beginning. So I can't say that that's a surprise. It's too bad because, I mean, that does sound pretty cool, like, in general, like, the idea of just, like, kind of being in space. And I heard, like, you know, like, the, the feeling of being in space was pretty cool, like, the, the zero-G effects and all that. But, man, I mean, like, like why? I mean, number one, that sounds dumb that you're doing the same thing, like, four times in a row. That sounds stupid. And number two, like, why? I don't know, man. Like, why would you just not make sure that people could finish this? Like, why would you make it so hard? I don't. It seems like this isn't the kind of thing that should be difficult. It seems like it should be more of like um, an experience rather than something that's really taxing game-wise or confusing game-wise. So uh, I don't quite get why they did that. That's That sounds really unfortunate, man. I'm really sorry that it fizzled out for you. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a drag. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, the nice thing is that it was really cheap when I bought it. I'm pretty sure I only paid like 3 or $4 for it on a PSN sale. So it's not like I paid a lot for it. And I did play it for like, three to four hours so i like got my money's worth out of it on the sale um, and it like looks really pretty but yeah it's just like uh like it's just not the, the story what little of it is there is not interesting enough to keep me going and the just like not knowing where to go uh, often is not um it just it's not great i'm kind of disappointed and unhappy about it well, I feel it, man. Being lost in a game is like one of my number one, like, I will quit this game so fast if I am lost because it's just, I don't know about you, but it feels like a waste of time to me. Like, I don't feel like I should jump on YouTube to find things. And like, I want to be doing fun things and moving forward and, and having, you know, objectives completed and, you know, having some action happen. If I'm just like wandering around looking for the next thing to do, I mean, number one, that's like shit game design. And number two, <laughs> it feels like just like disrespectful of my time. Like my time is so limited. I don't want to spend my one hour a day playing games, wandering fucking hallways that look the same or, or just not even knowing where to go. So that's, that for me is a huge turnoff. So I don't blame you for bailing at all. I would have fucking, I probably wouldn't even have put in as much time as you did, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I don't really think there's much else to say. Um, I, I probably would not recommend this game. I mean, if the premise of floating around in space and like 
trying to fix a space station as a lone astronaut like sounds appealing then i mean go for it but maybe i just have a terrible sense of direction or something but yeah it's it's just too too confusing to get around and i'm over it oh well that's a shame that's a shame um well (laughs) i have something that is not in space and not really too confusing to talk about another (laughs) really great experience this week and ironically uh another thing that was on sale on psn in fact i think three of the things we're talking about tonight were on the most recent uh, PlayStation sale. Uh, that was a good sale. That was a good ass sale. I mean, not to be like a Sony shill or anything, but like I spent, Oh man, I think I spent probably 45 bucks on that sale. And like when you go to the cart at the end and it tells you uh, how much you saved, I think I saved like $140 like altogether. So I felt like I got definitely my money's worth. Um, and the thing that I want to talk about now, I think I picked up for like $3. It's called, or no, no, $6. I'm sorry. $6. It's called Human Fall Flat, developed by No Breaks Games, published by Curve Digital, who are actually a publisher to watch. They're coming out with some really um, cool indie stuff lately. Uh, Released on PC 2016 and consoles on 2017. Oh, great. I was actually going to look up this date because I was like, oh, man, I want to put this on my top 10 this year, but I don't know if it's actually from this year or not. And that qualifies. So I think I just have added one more to my top 10. Uh, Human Fall Flat is an interesting thing. I actually got it for my son, who is eight, because I know that he likes uh, open-world screw-around games, and he also likes funny physics games. He loves that shit. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, this definitely... Not open-world so much, but it definitely has the funny physics. You play as a really goofy, marshmallowy-looking, quote-unquote, human character. It's not very anatomically correct. Um... (laughs) And you go into these different levels, and the point of it is just to figure out what's going on. Each level is like a giant puzzle, but it's also like a physics playground. So, like, you can push things and pull things and lift things. Your main source of input is that your character can grab things with his left and right hand independently. So you can grab something with your right or your left or both. And if you grab them, you can grab things below you on your same level or above you. So you have like some some rudimentary movement. It's not super complicated, uh, but you just go into these levels. And if you just want to screw around, you can like you can just, you know, see what you can push, see what you can pull, see what you can break, see what you can throw. And a lot of the stuff in these levels is very uh, is, is playable. Like you can interact with quite a bit. There's also tons of secrets in these levels where it's not really like a secret in the traditional sense, but it's like. If you think of moving something that maybe doesn't seem like it could be moved, or if you're very curious and you want to poke around in a corner, like where it seems like there's nothing there, but if you go there, there's like some little neat thing. It's not like you're unlocking anything. It's just, you'll have a funny interaction. Like for example, um, in the very first level, it looks like a, a train station where a bunch of trains have had an accident. So like you walk in, there's tracks, there's a little station house, there's trains that are kind of like all askew. There's also some trains on a track. And your goal in each level is to get to like a green exit sign. So like you go in and you're like, well, I don't know what's going on. What's what's happening. You can push the trains that are on the tracks like you're strong enough to move them like back and forth on the track. You can, um, you know, climb up on a small platforms. You can move blocks around and stack them. But, you know, this is all like physics based. So you got to like kind of, you know, finesse it and kind of be careful with what you're doing, because if you drop something, it's it doesn't just snap into place like you actually have to, you know, place it carefully. Uh, but you kind of go through and me and my son, were kind of going through it. We're just having fun because like your dude looks like just 
rubbery, marshmallow, chubby, goofy, and like he'll <laughs> fall down and flop around. And it just, it's kind of funny just to watch him. Um, but, you know, we figured out, oh, you push this train, you can get on top of it, then grab this wall and move this thing over. And you're just kind of like experimenting with the, the level. We got through it. And then my son wanted to restart and he went back to that same level. And it turns out that if you get creative and once you master the controls of your character, there's like, you can totally skip like every single thing in the level and go straight to the exit if you know how to like maneuver your character. So like it kind of gives you really good incentives for like uh, being creative, for being uh, just just very uh, experimental in your approach. Uh, I'm not sure that I would have ever discovered that because I think once I figure one thing out, I'm done and I move on. He's definitely got like a more inquisitive mind than I do. And I was really impressed. He was able to sequence break pretty hard. Like, and I think it was intended. Like, I don't think it's um, an accident. I, I think they mean for you to do that if you are so inclined. So to have the freedom to do that is pretty awesome. Um, the other thing that really sells this game for me is that the sense of humor is awesome. It's really great, really great. I'm saying awesome all the time because this game is awesome. I need to stop saying awesome. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure people are like, oh my God, get another adjective, Brad. <laughs> uh, and if I was an editor, I would definitely edit all those awesomes out. So anyway. Uh, as you go on, each level is totally unconnected to the, to the next. Like first it's a train station. Then it's like, there's like a power plant where you're connecting power cables and trying to get, uh, gates to open and close. There's like a little forklift and the forklift is like totally governed by the physics where you actually have to steer it. And there's like a little throttle you can control. Um, there's like a level where there's like tanker ships. And so you have to like get a crane to like lift a tanker, uh, like a cargo container off of the deck and like put it somewhere and you're like trying to get the crane to move and get the hooks on the crane on the box. And, uh, I mean, it's just really cool. The best level I think was this level where there was this giant castle. You start out and like, you, you're just at first crossing a bridge and just opening a gate, but then there's like a catapult where you can catapult rocks and like destroy the castle walls, or you can catapult yourself and just go over the wall. And then there's like all sorts of like ins and outs and it goes on for like a really long time, but each, little levels broken up into several little like scenes. And so once you figure out one scene, you move on to the next one. And like, we went for like a windmill and on top of the castle wall and then down to a cave underneath the castle and then another catapult and then uh, a little blacksmith area. And like, it was just really cool. Like going through and the figuring out like what we were supposed to do, what we could do, what the game would let us do. And I just, I just had a blast with it. There's so much just fun and experimentation and freedom and laughing and i mean definitely one of the best experiences i've had this year i just we were loving it so much and i would absolutely recommend it um to anybody who has a kid or anybody who's really into physics games or anybody who's into like really playful really playful games because there are definitely puzzles i mean there are objectives there's things to do it's not just a screw around game um but man, just the just the feeling of it feels so much different than the stuff we usually get on console. I just I found it like so delightful, so delightful. Have you um, seen any videos of this, or did you look it up, or have you heard of this game, Corey? I saw it listed on the sale whenever I was going through the sale pages on PSN, but I didn't. Um, I never like clicked on it to look at it to buy it or anything because I thought that just like the. The, like the cover graphic for it makes it look like a very silly like children's game which I mean it kind of is based on your um what it sounds like from your description so I kind of just like looked right over it and wasn't uh wasn't too interested I mean it sounds like a lot of fun and it sounds really silly but it sounds like something that I probably wouldn't play but uh I I don't think it sounds like bad by any means it's pretty cool I mean if you're into things like um 
Well, I hate to say Surgeon Simulator because I think that game is fucking hot garbage. But Surgeon Simulator, <laughs> or like I Am Bread, or like Goat Simulator, or any of those really, really recent kind of wonky, goofy physics games. This is not as goofy and shitty as some of those are. Like this is more structured. It's smarter. Uh, there's less just like complete fucking around. Like there's actually stuff to do. And I think that feels like a very good balance between the inherent goofiness of physics and actually having like a puzzle to figure out, but like puzzles that have like multiple solutions based on how creative you are. Um, to me, I feel like that's really rewarding play and really smart design. And I don't blame you for passing it over because I actually have passed over this game multiple times. I, I never picked it up. I never looked into it. I remember when the PR people were trying to get us to review it and I said, no. And, (laughs) you know, in hindsight, oops, my bad. Um, And I think it was only the fact that I knew my kid would like this, that it made me look into it. And now that I looked into it, I'm like, oh my God, this game's like incredible. I really wish the PR people had done a better job of selling me on it because I really wish I could have reviewed this um, earlier. But I'm doing my part to support the game now on this podcast. I strongly recommend this game. It's going to be one of my favorites of this year, I am sure. Um, And check it out. If you like physics, if you like puzzles, if you like being creative, if you like freeform, I love this game. I I think it's amazing. I think it's really, really good. So Human Fall Flat. At the moment, it's still five or six bucks on PSN. I don't know how long that sale is going for. I'm sure it's probably a couple bucks on Steam. You should definitely look into it. So that's... That's human fall flat, Corey. Sir, I am I am dying. I am dying to know. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Oh, you want to talk about human fall? Okay, go ahead. Before before we jump yes, into yes, my yes, game, yes. I have yes. like three. I have like three things I want to say about human Absolutely. fall flat. Go and for four like two, if you want. Go two, four, <laughs> five even. Oh god, not that many. There's like two two questions and one observation. So my questions are. I'm gonna I'm gonna say all of them and then you can respond to all of them at once. If I can remember them, go ahead. All right. Okay. So the first, my first question is, what, like, what does the human falling flat have to do with the game? My second question is, uh, does this game bring about the same sense of sick satisfaction that you get from playing Tomb Raider and making Laura Croft jump off of a bunch of cliffs so you can see her body ragdoll at the bottom when she dies and Third, if your son is good at a game like this, um, he's going to be like really good at Hitman in the future at like finding creative ways to eliminate targets because most games that are like this that have, you know, oh, there's multiple ways to do this thing. Usually they all involve murdering someone in some way. So those are my things I have to say. And now you have your time to respond. Yes. Okay. So first off, I absolutely think my son will love. In fact, he, he wants to play Hitman now. And I haven't let him um, because we're trying to ease back on the violence. I mean, we're not super prudish about it. And honestly, I mean, I kind of I, I kind of would let him play it. But um, I don't know. I just I'll wait a little bit longer. But I know he's going to love Hitman when he finally gets to it. And he definitely loves killing people in games. He loves creative ways of <laughs> killing people. Uh, you should see him doing Minecraft. It's a fucking slaughter, dude. Like oh he'll, my God. he, he like creates like these little lava pits and then he'll like get a horse and just like drop the horse into the lava pit. And, uh, like all these, he'll like have a whole pit full of animals and he'll like, yeah, it's, 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 
It's dark. It's dark shit, bro. It's like, like, it's like, uh, like his version. It would be like The Sims for us. Whenever we played The Sims, and you yes, like build yes, a yes. house with no doors, and you like just let the people die in the house, or like set the oven on fire, and then the house burns down, and you like have no doors to let the people escape. It's like that, right? That is exactly what it is. That is literally exactly <laughs> what it is. He comes up with the most creative fucking shit. Like I would not believe half the stuff was even possible in Minecraft. And then he's like, "Hey, Dad, check this out." I have this pit where this dude falls down, like he totally dies at the bottom of it, and then this thing falls in, and then he's ah, and I'm like, oh my god, what? Are, does your mother know you're doing this? Where's your mom? <laughs> like, <laughs> so he would he would love Hitman, and that is very true of this game too. He'll often do something where he knows he's gonna fuck the dude up, and but you know he's so spongy, he's like this giant marshmallow. There's no blood or gore or anything. It's super safe. So he'll just see him bounce off of like a wall, or he'll. Uh, you know, like when we were in the tanker ship level, there's this giant, enormous tanker ship that's like loaded with cargo. You can get inside of the cab. And the very first thing he did was like he drove it off a waterfall. And I'm like, OK, so he's he's into this shit. He loves it. Um, so, yes, he does kill the guy, except the guy doesn't die. He just he's, he's fine. There's no death in this game. But, yeah, he does all that stuff. Um, it's called Human Fall Flat for a couple of reasons. When the guy falls, he does kind of squish out. Not totally flat, but flat enough. <laughs> And uh, when you exit each level, it's actually a pretty cool little design twist. The exit of each level is just like one of those. Um, it's like when you look at a haunted house or like some kind of crazy fantasy movie where like you open a door and there's like nothing outside the door, but like a sheer drop off. You know, every time you exit a level in Human Fall Flat, like you open the door, you just like fucking fall like straight through. So you <laughs> fall to the next level every single time. It's really kind of abstract. And one thing that's really cool is like when you die, especially when you fall, like you fall, it looks like you're falling into infinity, but then you end up falling right back to the spot where you died. So it's almost like the universe kind of like wraps around. It's, it's a pretty cool effect. I think it's really neat. First time I saw it, I was confused. And then I'm like, oh, you're back where you are. It totally respawned you. That's super cool. Like a very simple, elegant way of getting you back in the game if you die. I really like that a lot. And um there was one more thing. I think that's your questions. I think I answered all your questions. Did I answer them? But, uh, except for, I think you kind of sideways answered this one, but the Laura Croft one about making her jump off cliffs. Oh, yeah. He totally is all about that, dude. He's killed. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's quote unquote killed his character every single possible way in this game. And it's just, it's funny. It's really funny. It's harmless. It's bloodless. <laughs> it's a pretty good time. And I know that when he finally does get around to Tomb Raider or Hitman or any of those games, it's going to be a bloodbath. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, a good okay. game. It's a good game. I, I dig it. I dig it. Not for everybody, I'm sure, but I really am loving it. So, Well, the cool thing is we've had, um, I think we've had several, if I'm not mistaken, listener questions about like, what games can I play with my kids? Like, what are some good, like, you know, kids games that aren't Minecraft or something like that? And so this is a good one to uh, to add to that list for anybody who's, who has asked us before. Oh, yeah. This is a fantastic game. And it's it's funny because um, we actually had, I mean, this is kind of a little beside, behind, the, behind the curtain talk for people listening. I mean, we had, like, a shitload of games that we could have talked about this week. I had played so many other games. And, Corey, I know you had some other selections, too. And we oh, we narrowed them down to like the five that we're going to talk about tonight. But I mean, I, we could have talked about so many. And one other one that I ended up not choosing to talk about this week was called Yonder, the Cloudcatcher Chronicles. I'm not going to get into it too much because I may talk about it next week. Uh, but that is another one. Really excellent kids game intended for kids. Perfect for kids. Um, I'll just throw it out there now. Parents listening can look it up. Yonder, the Cloudcatcher Chronicles. It's on PS4, Xbox One, PC. 
Uh, perfect for little ones. So between Human Fall Flat and Yonder, those are two really thumbs up games that your kids can get into this year. And I may talk about it next week. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. I think that's all the questions I had about Human Fall Flat. So I think we can move on. I really, really, really want to hear you talk about this next game. I've been waiting <laughs> this whole week. We have not spoiled each other on this. I am I am hearing this for the first time, just like the listeners. Corey, Corey Motley, please tell me all about your first impressions of Rise, Son of Rome. Okay, okay. So, like, a month ago or so, we talked about Rise on the show, and you were, like, gushing about it and said it was, like, the perfect, like kind of like shallow fun like beautiful experience and this was like an xbox one launch title like this game is kind of old you know ish now and um i got it from gamefly i put it on my gamefly queue like that night whenever we talked about it i got it like earlier this week or last week or something i've only sat down with it one time but i did play because the campaign it seems like is pretty short i've already played like half the campaign and maybe one like two ish hours sitting um, and I would not have expected to say this, the thing I'm about to say about this game. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> out of all the games that I have played, this game mimics the, the master class combat from the Batman Arkham games the best out of any game that I've played because after like Arkham Asylum came out, there were so many games that tried to do that. Like uh, Sleeping Dogs was a big one and they all just did not feel quite as tight or as engaging as Batman. And this game really hits it like in such a sweet spot, but it's also frustrating because I uh, sometimes whenever I go into combat games, I'm kind of a button masher. And this is like one of those games where if you button mash, you're basically gonna like die immediately. So let me back up a second and talk about the combat system real quick. So basically this is a Roman kind of gladiator-esque combat game. You have a sword in one hand, you have a shield in the other. Um, and you get in fights that are not unlike the Batman fights where you're you're maybe facing one guy, you're maybe facing three or four. Um, so far, I think maybe like four or five maybe is the most people I've fought at one time. And you have the A button, is like a shield deflect button where if somebody attacks you, you hit A and it kind of counters and you like deflect their sword away. Um, X is uh, like attack, just like straight up, like, you know, swipe your sword, attack the dude. Uh, B is a uh, an evasive roll. And Y is, what does Y do, Brad? Do you remember? Uh, one is like an attack. One is like a parry, isn't it? Like count, Oh, a yeah. It's like hitting with the shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a shield attack, and there's a sword attack. There's a dodge, and then there's a counter, right? Yeah, okay. I was forgetting the shield attack. I might have messed up the the right combinations there, but that's that's beside the point. There's a shield attack where you basically just, like, smack the person with your shield. Um, And, like, you have to be, like, super-duper on your guard at all times because... um, it's it's just like uh, it like like stuff snowballs. So say like you're in a fight and somebody goes to attack you and you accidentally like miss the counter or something and they attack you. It's it, it's a lot like Batman and it's a lot like a guitar hero because if you miss one thing, for me at least, 
it just snowballs into like oblivion of me like getting my ass handed to me, which is kind of a good thing. Like at the beginning, I was getting a little bit frustrated, but it's one of those games where you really have to pay attention to what everybody is doing around you. And you have to be very precise and very well-timed about your movements. And you cannot just like button mash it to hell because if you do, it's going to be over with before you realize it. And that makes for some, um, some frustrating encounters. But I actually, I mean, I really like this game. Like there's not, there's not a lot of meat to it. I mean, basically you kind of just like get into the same fights over and over again, but the combat is so well-tuned and so, um, like, you just have to be so careful with it and so precise. Um, it kind of reminds me of, I mean, it reminds me of Batman. It also reminds me of um, Infinity Blade on the iPhone and iPad. It reminds me of um, uh, almost like a precursor to um, For Honor, that Ubisoft game that came out and immediately went nowhere. It's similar to that because you have to, like, really pay attention to, like, what your opponent is doing um, but yeah, I, I like this game. I mean, it's, it's occasionally frustrating and it has some really bad checkpoints. Like I've died a few times and it's checkpointed me like several minutes back, which really irritates me. But, and the story is like garbage. Like I haven't been paying attention to the story at all because I don't think it's very interesting at all. I'm not into like Roman gladiator bullshit. Like that doesn't, uh, that doesn't interest me in any way, shape or form. But the combat's really good. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's it's really tight. It's You have to, like, know your shit and be very precise about what you're doing. And I really appreciate that because there's so many games that try to mimic that kind of combat style to get it wrong. And I wasn't expecting to come here and be like, oh, Rise, Son of Rome, that Xbox launch title. Like, that's the one that gets it right. But here we are. All right. So, so many things are springing to mind right now. Um, <laughs> first off... So what did you think of, like, the graphics? Like, I don't usually like to talk about the graphics. Uh, you know, I, there's so many other things to talk about in the game. Um, but I, I thought this game, to me, looked pretty stunning in certain aspects, especially with, like, faces and people. Did you find that as well, or were you not too impressed by that? I mean, I think it looks good. It definitely looks, like, like very good. I mean, I think the thing that that makes me, like, be less impressed with it is that, like, I mean, it looks really good, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this looks really good. And then I have to think, like, okay, well, this was, like, a launch title for the Xbox One. And whenever I think of it in that regard, like, this game came out years ago. And, I mean, I'm sure it looked way better at the time. But, I mean, at this point, I've played games that look, you know, as good as it, uh, you know, or better. But, I mean, it definitely, it does look fantastic. And, you know, the facial animations are really good. But, I mean, this is also coming from Crytek, like... When Crisis Three launched, I mean, Crisis Three, even though it's not uh, it's not as good as Crisis Two gameplay wise, um, like that Crisis Three still looks fantastic today. Like the face models and like the lip syncing and just like the the facial expressions are just uh, just phenomenal. So you can definitely tell that like Crytek, you know, are the ones that worked on this game because it does look it looks very very nice. Yeah, those guys are wizards. I was I was super impressed, especially taking into account like how old that game is. Uh, I was just like, wow, like I just could not believe how good it looked in some areas. <laughs> um, I will say that I did think the the story was kind of tripe, but actually there were parts that I thought were pretty good. Um, I mean, for a gladiator thing, if it's not your thing, I can totally get like not caring. But I was like, oh, you know, this is actually, you know, I'm actually I actually kind of want to see how it turns out. Like it wasn't the best thing I've ever seen. It did make me, you know, learn something about myself as a human being. But like it was <laughs> it was better than I thought. Or, or should I say it was better than I was led to believe I when this game came out, people were shitting, like, all over it, and I stayed away for a while. I mean, of course, I didn't get an Xbox One until 
maybe like a year after launch, uh, which was still way too soon. I could have waited longer. Um, but I remember people just dumping on this game like big time. And when I, I picked it up for, I think, three or four bucks at GameStop and just, you know, just as a novelty, just to see what it's about, because I generally am a fan of like the Roman gladiator type thing. Um, and I started playing. I'm like, oh, man, this is like way better than people said it was. Like, why did people hate this so much? I mean, do you have any feedback on that? Do you remember people just like shitting all over it back then? Um, I don't know if I specifically remember people like shitting on it, but I feel like from maybe my perspective, my, what I remember, and this might not be true because, you know, you don't always remember things the way they actually were. Uh, it seemed like the consensus at the time to me was everybody was just like, oh, this is just a pretty launch title that has no substance. Like, it's just like a really good looking game that shows off the power of like the graphical prowess of the Xbox one, but there's not really a whole lot of meat on its bones and like, you know, buy next, please. Like that's kind of how it seems to me. Um, I mean, I don't remember people like shitting on it, but I remember people like just being like, Oh, it's the pretty launch title, like, but doesn't have like any depth or anything to it. So, um, I don't know. That seems to be a how I remember it, but that could be wrong. Well, that's probably correct. I mean, I, you know, and that's kind of what it is. I mean, it's definitely not the deepest thing out there, like you said, but I mean, for me, I got to it at just the right time. It was exactly what I wanted to play. I needed a really good palate cleanser. It's a pretty short experience. It's pretty straightforward and simple. But, you know, as, as you mentioned, the combat is pretty well dialed in. And as long as you're good at doing the Batman Arkham style combat, I mean, you can get through it, you know, without too much difficulty. Um, I don't know. It just it just really hit the spot for me. And it was I mean, maybe going into it with such low expectations really <laughs> helped me appreciate what it actually is. But like. I I mean, it's actually way better than I thought. I was expecting something a lot worse, and I was pleasantly surprised. So are you going to... Okay, oh, also, I meant to ask, are you playing this with the Kinect? Oh, yeah, we need to talk about this. Okay, so whenever you talked about it on the show, I was, like, convinced this was, like, the, like, the Kinect showpiece game for the Xbox One. Like, I literally thought that this game was, like you like standing in your living room, like swinging your arms around, like fighting dudes, because I feel like I remember that that's the way it was. It was like build, like this is like the like big connect experience, like connect 2.0. And so I started playing it and the only connect input the game has is like in certain situations you'll have like a backup on the battlefield and they'll be running like cannons and like shooting arrows and stuff. And you literally just, it's just voice commands. Like you say out loud, like, I don't know, like fire the cannonball or something. And then like they fire the cannonball. And alternatively, if you don't have a connector, if you don't feel like shouting in your living room, you just like hold the left bumper for like three seconds. And then, and then he issues the command himself and I looked up some stuff on the internet because I was sure that I was missing something. And from what I had gathered based on some research, it looks like it, like I, I was partially right and partially wrong about this. Like it looks like it was um, sort of like originally marketed as a very connect heavy game. But I guess after some like development revisions, they sort of like started pulling more connect stuff out of it, it seems like. So yeah, I was totally, like, expecting it to be, like, this big old Connect experience, and it's literally just voice commands, unless I haven't gotten to a certain place that uses other Connect uh, uh, commands or other, like, motion controls or anything. It's literally just voice commands. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of disappointing because I think the menus look very connecty, and the game is so simple, I could easily see it being a Kinect title. I guess I'm kind of surprised by that, but then again, I don't have a Kinect, and I, you know, I've never really cared about it, so I didn't really look too deeply into it. So I guess that, I guess I shouldn't be too surprised, but huh. I, I was totally waiting for you to come back and say, oh, yeah, I worked up a sweat, had my, you know, <laughs> cardio in for the week, and I killed a bunch of dudes. Like, I was waiting for the workout, workout report, but okay, I guess not, so... I mean, I um, wish I would love to do that, but uh, <laughs> alas, they they did not deliver on initial promises. Bummer, bummer. Okay, well, um, I like this game a lot. Are you going to come back to it, Corey? You think you're going to finish it, or where'd you end up on this? Um, I, I definitely want to finish it. I think that right now, like I, because I I've only played it for like about two to three hours, and according to the little like story progress menu, it already looks like I'm about halfway through with it, which is fine because this I don't think this is the kind of game I would want to play for you know like. 10 or 15 or no, 20 hours. No, so like no, a short no. game is fine. Yeah. But I think honestly, like I like this game a lot, but the thought of having to like get back into that combat kind of stresses me out a little bit. So I like have to, wait. it's kind of like playing a horror game. Like I have to wait until I feel like I'm ready to like get back into that. And, uh, and it, because it's challenging, like it's a very challenging game and a very reflexively challenging and very like, you have to be very deliberate about what you're doing and and calm about it. And I'm not always that kind of gamer. So it's not the kind of game you just like pop in and can spend an afternoon playing at your leisure. So I have to like make sure I'm like mentally prepared and then I will eventually jump back into it and finish it. Okay, cool, cool. I look forward to it. I mean, it's basically more of the same. I mean, if you if you get into a zone where you're really in the mood for the combat, that's what it's going to deliver. I thought the story was actually pretty good. Um, well, you know, relatively good. And um, as someone who likes like urban fantasy or, 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 or genres that just add a touch of the supernatural. I thought it was really well done. This is not like a Greek gods fighting over everything, but there is a little bit of supernatural in it, which I thought was really, really tasteful uh, and pretty cool. So I look forward to your, uh, I guess, overall uh, thoughts on it. You probably don't have a lot left. Yeah, probably not. I reckon that in maybe like three to four hours, I could probably have it finished if the, you know, the story percentage is, is correct or if I'm spaced where I think I am. So I can probably, I'll probably sit down with it and finish it in like one more sitting, but I just have to be mentally in my Zen state in order to, to sit down and play it. And I, I just haven't been there the past few nights. I hear you, man. I hear you. I, I get that way too. So totally understood. Uh, we will come back to it whenever we come back to it, uh, you know, and, and that's what will happen. So we've got <laughs> one more. We've got one more game to talk about. And we have that last question uh, from Jeroen. Corey, do you want to take the lead on our last game or should I? I want you to take the lead on this one. OK, uh, this was another, <clears throat> excuse me, of the sale games on PSN. Um, I've known about this one for a while. It's called Ronin. Developed by, I guess, one guy. His name is... <laughs> looks like it's Polish, if I'm not mistaken. Looks like it's Tomasz uh, Wachlowik. I am sorry. <laughs> that's probably terrible. Oh, and, and that's why you want me to take it, didn't you? You want me to read that guy's name. No, I would never do that to you, Brad. Oh, that is exactly why I fucking did that. <laughs> I, if if Tomasz is listening, I apologize. I'm sure I have slaughtered your name in the way only an American can. I am sorry for that, but... Um, I don't know anything about Polish pronunciation. Or if it's even Polish, I may be insulting you. I'm so sorry. Uh, but I like your game a lot, so let's talk uh, some good things. Called Ronin, put out by Devolver Digital, uh, those rogues. Launched in the PC in 2015, PS4 in November 2016. This is a 2D 
action game where you play as a ninja-like character who's wearing a motorcycle helmet and some leathers, got a samurai sword. or basically the bride from Kill Bill, basically. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. (laughs) Um, So you have this picture of people that you need to kill for whatever reason, and you basically roll up to some buildings. You got to infiltrate the buildings, kill all the guards, get some, you know, important data from these computers that you hack and then get out. Um, The point of the game is that you are a ninja and when you get into combat, rather than being a straight up action game, everything fucking freezes. So like you can walk around as normal when you're not in combat, like you move just like a regular 2D platformer game. But then once people are aware of you or once combat starts, everything stops. And so you can pick like where you want to go, like you can jump pretty crazy. So you jump like these really long jumps in whatever direction. You also have a grappling hook. You've got a couple of the moves. You unlock some more moves as you go. Uh, but you pick where you want to go. You execute that. And then after you take your turn, everybody else takes their turn. So it's like you move and then all the enemies move and then you move and then all the enemies move. Um, so it's basically kind of like a 2D action puzzle game where you need to like look at each room and figure out what is the most efficient way of killing everybody in that room before they kill you or before they call for help or before they lock the level down. Uh, You die in one hit, so you need to avoid all... I mean, you cannot be hit by anything, so you need to avoid everything at all costs. And there's a a number of different enemies. Um, There's, like, regular human guys that are guards. There are, like, these, like, robotic samurai guards that can, like, uh, launch themselves at you from across the room really annoying um there are some machine gun guys i mean there's there's a a wealth of different enemy types um and it's all just about figuring out what is the best thing to do at each given juncture like should i jump should i cling to the ceiling should i fall to the ground should i throw my sword should i throw my ninja stars should i get out should i you know what should i do and i think it's a really really fascinating design um, it probably wouldn't be anything too special if it was running in real time, but the fact that it stops and goes turn-based when you get into combat kind of blew my mind a little bit, and it made it very unique in my mind. I'm trying to think of other games that take this approach, and I can't really think of anything. I'm sure there's something, um, but nothing is leaping to mind, so it's not a type of game we get a lot. So I started playing this, and once I figured out what was going on, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I really liked it like a lot. Um, it's so fast and so bloody and so lethal. It kind of reminded me of Miami hotline, but all the, but like the total opposite of Miami hotline, because rather than being so fast, die and respawn, just get in there and go crazy. This is all about be very careful and take your shots where they're really going to count. You really had to think about it, despite the fact that it is a 2d kind of like ninja combat game. Um, I liked it a lot. I will say it's pretty hard though. In the first level, I killed a bunch of guys. I was escaping the building, and then I got to this room where there was, like, maybe four or five guys. It was an optional room, so I did not need to do it, but I'm like, well, I want the experience from this. I really want to finish it. Plus, I'm really enjoying the game, so I just want to do this part. It took me, like, 45 minutes of trying different solutions to get past that room. It was crazy, but to its credit, I never really got super frustrated. I just felt like I just wasn't making the right choices. So it really got me thinking, and I really appreciated that. And I just like the way it feels. I like your options. I like how mobile your guy is. I think this game is dynamite. Like, I am in love with this game. And it only cost, I think, 3 bucks, 3 something like that. Um, I am I'm all over this. I only got to play it for maybe an hour. 
uh, and then I had to do move on to other things. But I, I am all about it. I'm looking forward to putting some more time in. Corey, what did you, uh, what did you make of Ronin? Um, well, this game, I can definitely tell this is a Devolver digital game because it is really hard and really frustrating. And I like already gave up on it because I was so frustrated with it earlier. Um, I made it to like the third level, which has like the first um, like person you have to assassinate because there's like two levels of like intel gathering, and then the third level is like actual like he's in the building and you have to make your way up to him. I mean, the game is essentially like Mark of the Ninja, but with turn-based combat, and I do think it's really interesting, and I think that the turn-basedness of it gives it a very um, you know, fresh feel because it's not just like running around and hack and slashing. Like, you know, like you said, you know, everything freezes. You have to figure out where to jump. You have to figure out where to go. If you can take the risk on hitting somebody or if you need to escape or whatever. But I got to a point and at the end of the the first like real assassination level where you like go up a set of stairs and as soon as you get on the level, there's like a guy with, there's like a normal human with a gun and uh, and then they're on the floor above who can see you through the glass floor. There's another human with a gun. And then there's one of the robot samurai dudes. And the game, like, it's one of those games, and Devolver, like, always does this. I don't know if they just, like, make their developers do this or if or what the deal is, but it's one of those games where, like, it doesn't tell you, it doesn't, like, set any ground rules. It just, like, lets you go. And then if you die, you just, like, have to figure out how you fucked up and, like, kind of, like, work around it. It doesn't really, like, offer any suggestions or, like, give you any, like, info or anything. So, like, I get into this room, and the robot samurai dude can kill you in one hit, and he can, like, launch himself from across the room and, you know, like, jump over and, like, cut you. And I kept, like, like I would kill both the human human dudes, and then I would, like, launch myself. Because one of the uh, big things you can do in the game is if you jump, you can jump really far. And if you jump into an enemy, it knocks them down on the ground. And then you basically have, like, two, like, turns before they get up off the ground. So you can, like, jump away. And then you can jump back and, like, stab them. Or you can stab them right there. It just depends on what's going on in the environment and how much time you have. Or you could just, you know, jump away and, and you know, leave them. And then they'll get back up in a couple turns. Um like, I would kill both the human enemies, and then, like, the robot samurai dude, like, his back would be to me, because he would have just, like, launched in another direction, and then I'm like, oh, cool, I'll, like, jump toward him and, like, kick him, because that's the rule that has been set for everybody else in the game, and knock him to the ground, and then I'll stab him or whatever. Well, I jump right into his back, he's facing away from me, and he stabs me, like like, slices his sword behind him, kills me in one hit, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like... How about you, like, set some rules and stick to them? And I kept, like, getting into this situation in this one level where, like, in, in this one floor, this very specific area where I would have to take, like, 50 turns just to, like, kill two dudes and, like, run around. Because I don't know if you can kill the robot samurai or not. He seems to be pretty indestructible to me unless there's some secret that the game's not letting me in on. And then I would, like, I finally got up to the door where the... The, the target guy is sitting because he's in like kind of a separate room at the top like in a penthouse and I got in there and I killed him and I was like oh awesome he's dead and then you of course you have to escape the same way you came in so you have to go back by the robot samurai dude and I like jumped down and like the robot samurai killed me and then I had to do the whole thing over again I had to kill both the humans again I had to try to evade the robot samurai dude and I had to get up and kill the target and I was just like you know what fuck this game like I'm turning this off uh this is bullshit like I, I'm I like I understand like you know games 
but like people like hard games and people like stuff like that. I mean, like, like you said, like Hotline Miami is like hard and like Devolver. Like it, it reminds me a lot of a game that I reviewed last year called No No More Heroes, I think, because that game is very similar. It's like a 2D game where you're like shooting people and taking cover, but it's really hard. And I'm just like, I'm over this, this genre of like, we're going to make something really hard and not really like help you at all and like give you kind of a bad checkpoint and i yeah i don't think i'm gonna play this game anymore i just think it's really annoying and really frustrating interesting interesting yeah you know it's funny you bring up n- not a hero that's what it's called right not a hero not not a hero yeah no more heroes is the wii game what am i talking about yeah not a hero is what i thought this game was exactly going to be like which is probably why i avoided it for so long because i was i did, was not a fan of not a hero uh, but this to me is is tickling a different part of my brain, and so I, I I like this one a lot more. I get what you're saying though, because uh, when you start to learn the rules of like what those enemies do, those samurai guys killed me like a, a jillion times, and they are probably the guys I hate the most so far. Um, you actually can kill them. The trick is like you have to figure out where they're going to end up at the end of their jump, and if you are where they're going to be, you can hit them one time, it stuns them, and then once they're stunned, you can come in for the kill. It's really hard though. It's really tough, and I think the easiest thing is to stand in front of a window and then jump, and they'll shoot themselves out the window trying to stab you, and they just, like, fall to the ground and die. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, those guys are fuckers, and I hate them. And every time they show up, it's really, really hard. But, yeah, the game does not give you very many tips, and you're often left to kind of just figure out, like, what you're doing wrong or why this isn't working. That's why it took me so fucking long to get past that one section where... There's two of those samurai dudes and I think three regular humans, which that's like a pretty thick concentration of guys in one room. And I was so close to just like bailing on it and leaving the level. But I ended up doing it on my very last try. But yeah, I, I just spent so much time. Um, but I think that once I figured it out, I really started to appreciate it. And it is definitely a hard game. I think it's very hard. So I'm probably not going to like do more than one or two levels at a time. Um, I will say that the the checkpointing is a little bit inconsistent. Sometimes I think they do set you back too far, and sometimes I think it's just fine. So I haven't been set too far back too many times. It hasn't pushed my buttons that way, but that is something that does um, sour me. But so far it hasn't been too bad. Hopefully that continues. Um, but I really like it a lot. I think it's I, I do think it's hard, and I do think it's um, it could be a little friendlier, especially in the beginning. But it's that kind of like turn-based, like puzzly, actiony, um, frustrating as fuck when you die, and then when you do it, you feel like a supreme <laughs> badass, right? Like in this one level, I just did, I did some unlocks, and I got a few moves. So it's like I jump into a room, swinging on my grappling hook, and knock a dude off like his uh, his perch. Uh, samurai guy comes in, I jump up above, like I throw my sword, jump backwards, I throw some ninja stars, and like come down for the kill, and like you know everybody's dead, didn't get touched. Like, when, he, when you pull it together, it's fucking badass. You're like, yeah, dude, I fucking get all you guys. I'm a fucking supreme. I took care of this shit. But then, you know, you die, like, 50 times before you finally do it correctly. So you have to have that kind of, like, that patience to, like, bash your head up against a wall and just keep trying and keep trying. So I don't have that for every game. Not every game by any means. But this one, I think, is really cool. I really, I really like it a lot. So I think I'm going to hang in there for a little while longer and at least i definitely got my 350s worth i mean i thought that was a hell of a bargain for this game so i'm into it it sounds like you're done though huh yeah i uh whenever it for whenever you first started the game and it told you that the right thumbstick made you jump it seriously took me like a full like 
30 seconds to a minute just to figure out how to jump. Did you like get that immediately or what was your situation with that? Um, I did figure out the jumping. That is a weird decision. We didn't, neither one of us really mentioned that until just now, but like left stick is move, right stick is jump. And that sounds bizarre because it is. And (laughs) everything you do is contextual. So it depends on how close you are to enemies and what you have available to you. It, all the rest of it is context buttons, so you don't have any dedicated jump or no dedicated attack. It's all it's all very dependent on where you are in the room. So that was kind of mind-bending. I didn't get a hold of that, no problem, although I am not embarrassed to say it took me, like, maybe 15 minutes to figure out how to get into an elevator and ride it to the next floor. I had no fucking clue how to get in the elevator. I'm like, <laughs> what is going on? I kept sending the elevator to the next floor and not riding the elevator, and I'm like, elevators is fucking simple. There's elevators been in games for years. I've rode many elevators. I've ridden elevators in real life. I know how elevators work. And I like a fucking dunce. I would like send the elevator to the next room and I'd still be fucking standing there. So that part, that part confused me for quite a while. I eventually got it. But yeah, so it's unconventional in many ways. Control is unconventional. Design is unconventional. Um, but I, for me, it's, it's working so far. I mean, I anticipate that I will be very frustrated in the very near future, but so far it's still it's still happening for me. So uh, I will give it a report on this uh, as I get a little further. Um, I do not expect we'll get any more reports from you in the future. <laughs> uh, probably not. I I like respect what this game is trying to do, but it's just too it's too hard. I don't have the patience for this. Like it it is like you said, it is extremely rewarding whenever you pull off like the perfect like kill scenario in a room it's kind of like super hot for me where it's like if you get that level done in like a really satisfying like one run way it's it's really really looks fluid and it looks amazing and you feel like a total like badass but i am not i am not patient enough to die like the 10 times it takes to master killing like three people in one room so i yeah i'm over this game i'm over devolver's brand of like Let's make really hard 2D indie games because that's like their bread and butter and I'm not into it. Yeah, that's very true. I think that's a really good comparison. I can remember, um, I remember you raving about Superhot and I think Superhot is awesome. Like I, I do like it a lot, but I think for some reason you must have clicked with that game better than I did because I had a lot more frustration with it than I remember you saying and especially towards the end of the game where it was like I was doing some of those rooms like fucking like 20 or 30 times and just not getting them <laughs> and like I'm like, oh my fucking God, like this is... <laughs> that game pushed my buttons pretty big, uh, big time, even though I did end up really liking it a lot. So, yeah, the same kind of you got to be ready to do this room and just get it right. Like Super Hot, like Hotline Miami, like any of those games. If that's not your jam, don't do this game. But if you do like that game, <laughs> if you do like that game mechanic, I think Ronin is worth checking out. So uh, we are almost done with the show. But like I said, I I got an email from Superfan Jeroon. And he, this is a question basically just for you, Corey. Um, mostly this for you. like. This is really springing it on me. I haven't had time to think about it, so let's go. Let's go. I am so sorry, but you don't need any prep for this one. Um, right. He wrote a lengthy email, but I'm going to get right to the question. Uh, question for the show. A little bit of guidance is needed to give a game purpose and meaning. Oh, oddly, that we were just talking about that. Uh, <laughs> did, Corey has, did Corey try or play any Souls game? And uh, if you did, did you hate it so much because it hardly ever gives you a clue about where to go or what to do or what it all means? Um, and then for me... Uh, did I think Demon Souls was pretty accessible compared to the other ones that followed? And he says also, Brad, please tell me Demon Souls was fun because of the linearity. So you go first, Corey. Have you ever tried a Souls game? What did you think of it? What did you make of it? What's your take on that whole thing? 
Um, I actually have given some of the Souls games uh, a test because whenever Demon's Souls first came out, uh, one of my best dude friends, Nick, uh, he was like really into that game. Like before it blew up and before, I don't want to sound like, you know, like a Demon's Souls hipster here, but like before it blew up and before everybody knew what it was and before like, um, you know, like it basically became its own genre. Like Nick had played Demon's Souls and he loved it and he was like really into it. And I remember he let me borrow it and, you know, full, fully told me like it's difficult and all that stuff. And I, I try, I played Demon's Souls for about maybe an hour. I think I played Dark Souls 2 for about maybe an hour also. And I've played Bloodborne for maybe about 30 minutes to an hour. Um, and... I, those are just not, they're just not my kind of games. Like, I, I get it, you know, I get what they're going for and, you know, what they're accomplishing and, you know, hats off to, you know, From Software and all that shit. But I, I they're just too hard. I'm not patient enough for them. Um, I don't like to, whenever I start a game and it's like, okay, here's like 15 classes you can pick from. I don't want to have to like, do like 10 hours of research on the internet and ask, you know, 30 of my friends, like what, like just to know like what class to pick at the very beginning of the game, because they don't make it very clear, like, you know, what, what really means what, as far as like the class you're picking and like what, you know, perks you'll get and everything. And, you know, I don't begrudge people for playing the the games, you know, I think they're great, but I'm also just like, this is going to, I'm going to sound like a jerk here, but I'm just really tired of, like, the conversation around Dark Souls and around Demon's Souls because, like, you know, there's a lot of people... I feel like it's it's that genre of games where, like, it's just people, like, jerking themselves off around everybody else. Like, they're like, oh, well, I beat this boss. Oh, well, have you played that boss? Oh, well, I beat that one three times, and the game gets harder every time you do it. And, oh, this DLC is the hardest. Oh, but I beat that boss in, like, two tries or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, like, you know, take your dick and go jerk yourself off somewhere else. Like, I'm just, I'm really tired of, like, hearing the discussion about it. And, unfortunately... There are like, you know, you and I kind of run in a circle where some of the people, a lot of the people that we know that we're acquainted with on the internet, like, like love these games, and like talking about them. And I, I don't know, I'm just like tired of hearing about them and I'm not into them. And I, I mean, I gave them a fair shot. I tried like three of them. Um, but yeah, I just don't, just like with Ronan, like I don't have the patience for it. I don't have... Um, I'm just not into it. Like probably the most patient maybe that I've been with a difficult game is maybe like Ninja Gaiden, like Ninja Gaiden Black, Ninja Gaiden 2. Um, like those are the kind of games that, uh, that I sync with the gameplay so well that I don't have a, I don't have a problem playing them most of the time whenever they're hard because I feel, because I just like the gameplay so much, but I don't think the gameplay of the Souls games is very rewarding. Um, you know, like slash your sword and then roll and then you, oh, oh, that's all your energy. You have to cool down for 10 seconds. Like that's just not, I don't like that kind of gameplay style. So, um, so sorry about that, everybody. But um, if you didn't know how I felt about the Souls series now uh, or before then, you sure do now. Well, I think that you will make the person who asked this question very happy. I will tell you why in a second. Um, <clears throat> just to really quickly address the other part of the question that was uh, to me. And also, I agree with you. I'm tired of talking about Souls. I mean, I've, I've liked those <laughs> games. I played them all, but I'm fucking sick of talking about them. It's become kind of this weird, yeah, like you said, this kind of like jerk-off thing where it's like it's some kind of badge of some kind of accomplishment or if you like it, that means you're somehow cooler. It's just, 
you know, it's just it's become this kind of hipster, weird, annoying thing. And I think the games are really good and there's a lot to them. I've really enjoyed playing them, but it's to the point of where, like, you know, I, I mean, I don't I don't want to be like that guy who hates on something because other people like it, because that's not what's going on here. <laughs> but it's become they've become so popular and so overused. And it's just like it's all anybody ever fucking talks about. And it's like, you know, there's other games out there. There's other things going on. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of sick of talking about them, too. Um, but to answer Jeroen's question, did I think Demon Souls, uh, was it accessible compared to what followed because of linearity? Or, and did I think it was fun? Um, Demon Souls, I think, is, um, in terms of story, I think it's my favorite of the Souls games. I think it has a fantastic story. Uh, that The stuff that happens in that game, I think, is just amazing. Just really amazing from a writing perspective. Uh, so I really like it for that. I also did like the design of the world uh, because, like Jeroen says, it's it's more linear uh, than Dark Souls 1, and I appreciated that uh, as well. I'm not the kind of guy who likes to get lost, as we established earlier in the show, so kind of point me in direction and let me take take on whatever challenges are ahead is kind of how I like to roll. And Demon Souls does a pretty good job of doing that. So I did like the linearity, and I did like that game. I did think it's fun. Um... In terms of gameplay, I don't think it's the best in the series, but I think that in terms of story, it's great, and I do think it is worth playing. So I am a Demon Souls fan, Jeroen, uh, for sure, and um, sorry that you did not get on with those. Hopefully, Corey answered your question to your satisfaction, because ha- there's a little bit of postscript after Jeroen asked his question, and he says, fuck, who has time to figure out what all these stats and symbols mean, and why the fuck should I figure out where to fucking go all the time at the same time while I'm trying to find my goddamn way, and I'm being hunted by everything that moves. I'm so irritated. An official Souls game hater. So, Jeroen. Uh, <laughs> Oddly, Jeroen is the guy that tells us not to swear, and his email is full of swearing, so I read all that, Jeroen. I don't know. I don't know if you want me to read that out loud, but I did. Uh, uh, what a hypocrite. And he, he does not like souls, so he is a kindred spirit with you, Corey. He's he's uh, he's on your side there. So <laughs> good. I'm over it. I'm over. I'm over souls. I'm over people making. I, I'm over like like whenever these new games come out and and the the go to preview line for it is like, oh, it's like Dark Souls, but like I I'm just over it. I'm over it. I am over it. Also, I think the people who worked on Dark Souls are probably fucking over it. I think a lot of people are fucking over it, except for the people who are really into it. And those people, like, it's great to love something, but, you know, let's let's ease back a little bit. So, <laughs> anyway, that was the end of Jeroen's question, and I think that uh, is going to do it for us tonight, eh, sir? Uh, I think so. I don't, I don't think I have anything pressing to discuss. Uh, what about you? I think I am good, and I feel good about the show because I have proven that I still enjoy games. Every, t- every game I talked about tonight was a fucking awesome game. So anybody who thinks I'm Mr. Negative or that I that I, I hate games on purpose or that I don't find joying games, you are wrong, motherfuckers, because I love games. This is a great week for games. And in fact, I even have more good games to talk about, but we're going to get to those next week. But uh, I'm happy. I think tonight was a good show. Well, good. You like all the games and I don't. So here we go for episode 41. We'll flip Except it next time. We'll flip it next okay. time. All right. All right. Well... I think that's going to bring us to the end of the show, the official end of the show. Um, But before we go, uh, as always, we'd like to remind everybody that you can send us any comments, thoughts, feedback, any ideas, any show topics, anything, anything you want to say. Um, Unless it's something rude and off base, then just keep those emails to yourself. Um, You can send us emails at sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. That is our email address for the show. All those emails get pushed to my phone immediately. So, you know, I see them first. 
Um, we're also on Twitter as a collective show. Our Twitter handle, believe it or not, is at So Video Games. And uh, also, believe it or not, you can reach us individually on Twitter because we pretty much only use the So Video Games Twitter account to like tweet the show every week. That's pretty much all we do from it. Um, oh, hey, Corey, let me cut you off real quick before oh, we yeah, go yeah. to the Twitter handles. You know, just to just to be clear to people who are listening, I'm sure some people are like, dude, why do they fucking read Jeroen's questions every week? What's up with that? Like, <laughs> it's because he's the only guy that writes us. Like, if you want, <laughs> if you want to send us an email... I swear to God, we'll read it on the show. Like, we, we, we want your feedback. We want your questions. And, Drew, and I love you, man. You are, like, our number one fan. Like, I'm down. You are my brother. So I'm glad you're sending these questions. Happy to answer them. But, like, to other people listening, um, you know, it's not like, you know, he's our favorite guy or anything. We're not throwing away a bunch of emails. It's like nobody sends us emails. So send us an email. We'll read it for sure. We'll talk about whatever you want us to talk about. We are here for you. We are serving the public. So if you want to hear your question... You got a real fucking good chance of getting your comment read on this goddamn show. <laughs> that uh, That is the truth. And even if you don't want to send us an email, if you want to just shoot us a tweet or something, I mean, that would work too because sometimes writing emails is hard. But um, if you do want to tweet at either of us, uh, we both have individual Twitter handles. Mine is my first and last name, Corey Motley. It is C-O-R-E-Y-M-O-T-L-E-Y. And Brad, what is your Twitter handle? It is also my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. All A's, no O's. (laughs) Well, I think that's going to bring us to the official end of another episode of the So Video Games Podcast, episode 41 in the can. Uh, We'll be back next week with some more games. I believe Brad and I already have games that we're playing right now that we know we're going to talk about next week. So we've got, we're building up our, our show backlog, if you will. But um, in the meantime, until next week, this is bye from Corey. And bye from Brad. We'll catch you next time. 